Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing? (laughs) So welcome back, listeners. I know we took a break. Well, actually, I took a break from life. Uh, Not from life. (laughs) Welcome back, Nadia. (laughs) I mean, from the grind, I would say and Lon was nice enough to watch over my feline kids. Always so, fun. <laughs> so yeah, thanks Lon. Thanks for no everything. Problem, no problem. Are we ready to jump back on to 90 Day Fiancé Happily Ever After? Happily Ever After. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk about Angela and, well, Angela and Jojo and Dr. Obeng. <laughs> So where we last left her was she went through a gastric sleeve. I call it the stapler surgery because literally they kind of staple your guts intestine, mm-hmm. right? And oh, my notes here said, Big Booby Angie went through gastric sleeve, aka <laughs> stapler surgery, and almost lost two pounds of her girls. And suddenly... Eight. Each, yes, each, thank you, Lon, <laughs> and has now decided that she's part of the itty bitty titty club. Oh my gosh. And there's still D's, I think, I believe. They're, yeah, like double what Dr. Obeng says, it's probably t- triple or double D's. Right. Well, what do you think, Lon? I mean, are there any scenes in the last two episodes that stood up to you? For me, I was more surprised at Michael's reaction to it. Like uh, that, that's mm. what really made me step back. I mean, the surgery itself, I think they've just really drawn it out. So what was really interesting to me was to see how much importance that there was. And I think the doctor spoke a little bit about it when he said, you know, in, in that culture, I guess that the men really do pride themselves on, you know, having women with bigger boobs and stuff. And, and I thought they're shaped women, I would say, right? Yeah. And I just figured, oh, it, it's a guy thing, I guess, you know, big boobs are celebrated everywhere. But like, Michael looked seriously hurt. They weren't the size that they were pre-op, you know, so that really made me step back. And I think Angela, too, maybe not really hurt, but definitely expected a different reaction from that. She was disappointed. So I, I can see from her point of view as well. Like if there were things that were me, because people said, oh, people always called me Big Angie and I still want to be that. So I could understand waking up four hours, six hours later, however long the surgery took and going, uh, this isn't what we talked about. WTF, right? I understand that. But then for Michael, your wife just undergone like surgery. She definitely needs some support, definitely needs some comfort and words of like encouragement. (laughs) And his thing was just, 
(laughs) that's not big or whatever, whatever he said. I'm like, Michael, come on, dude. You know what I mean? He could have reacted differently. And I guess that really is big in, in their culture. And maybe that's where that was headed. So I just expected him to be a little more um, sympathetic. So just to play devil's advocate, Lon, do you think he was genuinely disappointed or was he being groggy? Because it seems like every time they call him, he either just woke up or he's in a state of confusion. Or do you think he genuinely was really concerned that the girls got smaller? I think there were moments where he was just kind of stunned, like what's going on. I hope she's okay. But I think he verbalized it, you know, when the Mm. way he verbalized it was just like, because you can kind of be shocked and stunned, but the words came out of his mouth. I forget what he said. I think he actually alluded to their size, like, yeah, they're smaller or they're not big anymore. So he said that. He said that. Yep. Yeah. I know it's too. Yeah. And I was just like, what? (laughs) Like if you're groggy, you know, I I get the shock and all that stuff. I can kind of see how just, you're not all there, but for him to actually verbalize it that way, I was like, well, it's like, that's what was important. So. And do you think Angie was affected by the size because the doctor you know, and her had discussed, hey, let's take off one pound and then it became more. Or do you think she's more glad that now she can breathe better? Because I feel like she's kind of yo-yoing in a way. You know, she seems to be putting the blame on Michael for not appreciating the fact that she's alive and well and the surgery was successful. But at the same time, it sounds like she's also disappointed that her boobs got smaller but then she's but i breathe better yeah exactly (laughs) so i don't know if she's genuinely pissed about the small boobs about not being able to tote things anymore in her breath yeah so for me and i think I, i did a lot of just really empathizing or sympathizing with Angela a lot during this scene. And I just had to put myself in her shoes and think to myself, if there was something that was part of my identity that I was really happy about, that every chance I had to show them off, I would show them, I would show them off, right? And then to wake up and to see that they're gone, like the shock of that. But then this is also a woman who's trying to come to terms with the decision she made because she wanted to have gastric sleeve is what it's called yep and this is her trying to come to terms and then to rationalize and then finally to accept that this is me now mm-hmm. you know what i mean so i, I could see that I, I could see why the flip-flopping is there like at mm-hmm. first you're like man fuck and i make the right decision yeah. and then saying you know what but i breathe better it's for my health and this was the right choice I got to put my foot down and say, hey, I made the right decision. That's what I came up with in terms of how she was acting post-surgery was, you know, she was disappointed, but what can she do? This is her body now. And she just has to look at the bright side. And she was, she was looking for affirmation that she made the right decision. And I think that's the way I would have seen it too. Well, you know what? It was a healthier choice. And in the end, I wanted to lose weight, whatever have you. And this is a consequence of that. So she's just coming to terms with the decisions she made and finally just kind of accepting what it is. So Yeah. 
Yeah, I um I think my last words here about Angela is she's still trying to make moves on the doctor. That too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Angie. Yeah, she what it, and I'm sure she was joking, but still. She said African men have side cheeks and I thought yeah. <laughs> that's poor taste, yo. Like yeah, you could always marry what she say you going to marry me and the doctor tried Yeah, to- she said if Michael divorced her because of her boobs and you did it, does that mean that you'll marry me now? Yeah. <laughs> he had to like well, his comeback was really succinct, right? He was yeah. said like, "Well, I can't because you're my patient." You're and then yeah. she said, "Well, but African men can have side chicks, right?" And I was yeah. like, "Come on." <laughs> Come on, Angela. Poor Michael. <laughs> I know because, oh, she can be the side chick, but Michael cannot have side chick. Right. Like, you know what I mean? The double standards. Double there. standards. Right, right, right. <laughs> the other thing I was going to mention too, and I wrote this down, is that remember the scene where Angela couldn't get up because obviously she was heavily sedated and it was after surgery, but they need to wrap her chest. Right. And I wrote here, the best way to wake Angela up is to tell her Michael is with another woman and she'll sit straight <laughs> up like the undertaker. <laughs> anyway, moving on to Tiffany and Ronald, uh. and Daniel and Carly. So I'll just do another recap. Tiffany met up with her sister. And I guess we found out that they had phone sex for their second year anniversary. She revealed to her sister that if Ronald got denied, she's not moving over. And then we also found out that Ronald told the cameras that if his visa got denied, or if his visa were to get denied, he doesn't want to do this long distance relationship anymore. So it seems like they're pretty aligned there. Right, um, but he also said something else. So yeah, right. he's not willing to do the long distance relationship, but right. he will fight to keep custody of the children. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. And I was I like, wait, wait a minute. Like, you can barely afford to take care of yourself. What makes you think fighting for the son and daughter to live in in South right. Africa? Is like, custody battles are expensive, yeah. dude. You can't even afford yeah. plane tickets. Yeah. What makes you think you're gonna fight her over the kids? Right. And the thing she's is, she's a mom. Yeah, let's just say you won, which is a long shot. Mm-hmm. But if you did, again, kids cost money, dude. <laughs> yeah. You can't even afford yourself. So you're barely scraping by with the job that you have. You're going to take on two kids? Come on, dude. Yeah, Be no. realistic here. Yeah. So, I have a feeling when he said that, he's probably thinking like his parents are going to support the, his mm-hmm. cause. Yeah. And that would put a lot of strain on his family. Yeah, Because this guy can't even afford a plane ticket for himself to fly over to the U.S. Not that I guess he can because, well, I guess he can visit as a tourist, right? That I mean, even though he has a record, but as long as he's not staying, it's, it should be fine. But he, if he can't even afford to fly here to visit his kids and his wife, then mm. what makes him think that he can win a custody battle given right. the fact that he has a record? Yeah, and I feel for him. His biological daughter. That's not his biological son, right? Right, right. I'm sure he has a bond, 
with the son, but the bond with his daughter, I'm sure he wants to see her grow up for Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. This is a complicated, it's a complicated relationship. Tiffany seems over it. Like every time they're on like the iPad or whatever, doing their calls and stuff, you could tell by her face, she's just so over this. He does not want any parts of this at all. Yep. But then when she was talking to her sister, she was saying, oh, but I want to give him a chance and stuff. And I was like, that's not how you looked <laughs> when you were talking to him, um, you know, on FaceTime or whatever. She just yeah. seems so, 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 so over it. And yeah, let's see, you made a good point that he's getting over this thing, too. Like this long distance thing is not cool. And um, he wants to bring them to South Africa, but nobody wants to go there. Nobody is like jumping up and down to go to South Africa. So this is done. I think this relationship is over. Yeah. I see the end of this one. Unfortunately, I mean, I would want it obviously for them to work out, but this doesn't look like it's going anywhere. Yeah. I'm just shaking my head right here because it's just like a mistake in, after mistake. <laughs> yeah. It, well, also if I were him and I'm not trying to be a defeatist here, I would definitely take an L once Daniel his adopted son right mm-hmm. said that he's not gonna move to south africa like, in fact he would rather leave his family than to move to south africa and i yeah. thought whoa strong words and he even told ronald to like stop it right yeah. i mean and, and you can tell ronald's trying to coach him to persuade the mom yeah why you can yeah. do it and he's like and he said, I, I'll leave the family before I go. There's something. Yeah. Where is, where is, they were pretty words. harsh words for a kid yeah. to say. I was like, dang, this fool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you can't even convince a boy to come to you. And that I mean, wasn't acting. When you, yeah. see, if you see his face on the FaceTime, like I was watching him when he was like, complaining to tiffany or complaining to his mom whatever and he was like mom are we really gonna go there you could tell this fool did not want to go anywhere yeah <laughs> exactly no i think he's at that age where he's probably like already established a circle of friends in school and he's like why do i have to uproot myself you know why do i have to leave this this is great why do i have to go over to a country that i don't really like or that i don't feel comfortable in so yeah i'm glad one of them is mature speaking of acting lon i don't know about you but tiffany looked like she was reading off a placard when she was talking to her sister her eyes like i'm not sure if you remember the scene but i noticed she was struggling to speak naturally and she was kind of turning her head a little bit and i wonder if my gosh (laughs) i I just feel like it's a possibility just because david and annie tie annie i remember there's someone posted a screenshot of someone holding a card while they filmed them so i was like yeah that's a possibility and like tiffany just looked kind of off when she was trying to have a normal conversation with her sister and i thought oh man there's someone holding the card for her to see like okay talking points here it is right (laughs) you know because that scene totally did seem set up to right reiterate these points right mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i'm just gonna have lunch with my sister or whatever like come on dude <laughs> yeah right so next up i thought we can talk about big mike and natalie i'm i don't know i'm not interested in them anymore me too they're dude, i don't know about you but they have zero chemistry right now they're done it, it's so painful to watch them because now it feels like they're really acting. Yeah. It's not natural anymore. 
Yeah. I, I mean, listeners, I'm not sure if you guys can tell, but I definitely can see. I mean, I guess Lon too can see that they don't really want to do this anymore. They're just dragging things along. So yeah. Right from the beginning, when she meets him back at the house at like Sequim, Sequim or whatever. Oh, uh, according to the scream. Yeah, and she's trying to be cute, and he's being like standoffish, and you know, I'm just like, this is so dumb, y'all. Like, <laughs> y'all are terrible, dude. Like, this is so dumb. And yeah. um, down to the way she was acting during the birthday party with the mom. Like she didn't give a shit, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, she was over it. Yeah, you, was... but you can say that they, they were tired, right? <laughs> they but just flew in, and... then, because she already she already has a rocky relationship with the mom. True. So you would think she'd at least be trying to be nicer about it, but she was just like, "Nope, I don't want to do this. I don't want to live in the country. Yeah, I have a profession. You know, I was I was a professional. I was an actress. I had a job. You know." And she was just complaining, complaining, complaining. Yeah. Kind of almost like saying, dude, I'm I'm better than this and I can't believe I'm I'm here. Is yeah. is the way she was saying it, the way she was coming off. Like I had a career back then and I want to continue pursuing that. And I can't do that in the country, in the small town. And the mom was not taking that well at all. Neither was Michael, but Michael's in it too. He's so out of it right now, too. He's just like, whatever, you know, this is done. Like <laughs> Yeah. They're so over it right now. <laughs> totally. I almost feel like when that conversation happened, when Natalie expressed how she's she doesn't like living in Sequim and she doesn't see herself there any longer. She wants to be in the city. That's almost like a setup to like tell us that, hey, this is not going to work out. And here's a reason why I've already verbalized it. And right. you guys would see it coming. So, yeah. I'm okay. I'm not mad. I won't be mad if we don't talk about them because I think we pretty much know the outcome. There's not much to say. And because social media has already revealed that they're done, this isn't a big surprise. If anything, we're we're watching the road to the inevitable, right? We see it. It's already out there. So right now we're just seeing it all kind of play out and not even play out. It's not even playing out right now. It already played out. And we're just watching them go through the motions because they have to do it. <laughs> That's what right. I feel like. We're Which not watching painful. it played out. It already played out. And this right. is, they're extending it because they need the content. And we're just kind of, we're, we're just going through the motions with them right now at this point. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has their quirks. But piggy banks, like piggy banks are so that you can collect money. <laughs> yeah, collect not for display. Piggy banks, right. But, you know, again, everyone has their quirks. So I don't want Are they all piggy banks, though? I just thought they were, they were pick ornaments. They were pig just figures. Pig figurines. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I just thought I didn't see the slots. That's cool, maybe, too. <laughs> maybe I didn't catch it. I was like, I was just as tired as Ned. That would make more sense. The- okay. And I'm not, not, again, if they were piggy banks, it's fine, too. But you're collecting things that are supposed to be collecting things was, for me, the irony in that. But if she collects piggy figurines and that's cool everyone has their thing yeah that's her thing just like mother's her her thing thing. (laughs) did you say i didn't the sign though above the bed i know mom is mom home is is mom and mom is love (laughs) i love my mom and even that for me is just like shudder (laughs) yeah trish we know that you're so passive aggressive but that's the straw that broke the camel's back for me that's like mm -mm, no (laughs) 
stop it right there. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with Andre and Libby and the family Libby, I guess, this is like a two-part thing, right? So we can talk about how that incident happened when they were inspecting the fixer-upper, which I thought was like so fake. Yeah. Right? Come on. I wanted to ask you first. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. Keep going. <laughs> okay. And then the other part was when both him and Libby went to see the immigration lawyer, which again, it's Lon. I mean, call me crazy, but if you reveal on national TV that you regulated and buried your past, and I working for the immigration saw that right wouldn't i do something about it or i i mean i know we're both not lawyers but i wonder (laughs) what you think about that because i'm like dude you're basically admitting guilt that you have something in your past whether it's legal or not or whether like you said it's regulated and you're literally admitting it on one of the most popular show on sunday night right right (laughs) Right. Like, what does that mean? Why are you doing this? <laughs> make it make sense. <laughs> so, yeah. what do you want? What do you want to talk about first? The fixer upper or immigration? Oh man! Or the fact where that he we... keeps cursing in front of his daughter, which yeah. really bothers. Where to begin with this? So, for me, all this is—I mean, it, it's entertaining to a point. You, the thing is, you really do have to suspend your disbelief mm-hmm. to be entertained with this, and I, and I like it because it is entertaining, but to an extent, right? As soon as the sister walked in, what are you doing here? Zoom, yeah, you know I mean, <laughs> and what are you doing here? Zoom, <laughs> and the thing. I'm like, come on, man! You could tell this fucking scene was directed. It's staged, dude. Like, this is bullshit. Like, this is so dumb, dude. It's starting to look like all the other faux reality TV shows. Where, like, I mean, they really expect us to be that dumb. And the thing is, the the story itself is, is believable enough. Like, I can understand that there's this cocky guy. He's arrogant. And he's entering a family business. He doesn't get along with the children. And yet he wants to leapfrog over them, cut them out. Like, I get it. I could see where they read the writing and was like, yeah, no, this is great. This is great. I could see where that is. But then to to just do the scenes like that, I was like, come on, man. This is the way you're going to do us right here. So I laughed and not a good laugh, just a laugh because it was just so fucking like, incredible what they thought could pass for believable television and i'm just like no <laughs> I yeah believe one bit of it yeah at that point it's insulting our intelligence yes right <laughs> yes yeah because i don't know well i hope that we have listeners outside of the u.s but and i'm i want to assume that this happens elsewhere as well but usually the listing agent doesn't come into the picture until the property is ready Mm. At least that's what common sense tells me. So right. for Becky to like bum rush the, the meeting, the <laughs> inspection and, and started accusing people, started to like kick up a fuss about this listing being stolen. I mean, first of all, they just got there. It's not ready. Right. No work has been done. And who's to say you won't be the listing agent, right? Again, I blame Chuck. If I were to like suspend my disbelief, as you said, Lon, I would blame Chuck because Chuck is telling Andre one thing and Chuck is not telling Becky what he has plans for 
when it comes to Andre. And Chuck is not pumping the brake on Charlie, you know, because Charlie, him being the so-called project manager on these builds, he thinks that, oh, okay, so Andre's going to be my bitch, you right. know, and he's working under me, whereas Andre thinks that he's working under Chuck directly because he doesn't want to work with any of the children, like you said. So in that way, I blame Chuck. Chuck, right. He should be the one informing. He's not assertive enough. Right. He's just letting everything unfold and letting all the fireworks spark yeah. off. And, and then when they do, he walks away. He's like, yeah. this is what I was talking about. Right. <laughs> he just walks off set. Right. <laughs> so that's why I feel that this whole situation is so fake. So <laughs> it's so formulaic in a way too. But the immigration conversation was really interesting. Like I said, Andre is almost admitting guilt that he does have a past. Um, and I love it when the lawyer was saying, well, Andre can think that he buried something, but the immigration may not think it's over, right? right? Because I guess on camera, she's obviously revealing how she truly feels about the conversation that she just had. But when she's in front of them, she's trying to tell him, look, I get it that you think you bury it, but that doesn't mean that it's over. And she's trying to explain that to him. And he's like, no, 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 don't worry. No, no, we're good. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> like, I got this. Like, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> we know you got this, but the immigration may not think you got this or they may dig up the past, right? So I just want to say as someone who has applied for a green card, that stack that she brought out, that was real, man. That whole, Real, yeah, trying to like furnish what you call that immigration. I think it's called ICS. Maybe I'm wrong, yeah. but yeah, it's real. That stack is not even not and an she exaggeration. Said it's, she said it's even harder now. Correct. Like she said, it was already difficult. Right. Yeah, but then it's even harder now. Like yeah. so, on top of what was already a difficult process, it's, it's even much more strict. So you have to have all your ducks in a row. You can't be bullshitting. Tell me. Right. <laughs> Tell me what happened. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you think you're good? Because you know, even Libby it. was like, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when your own wife doubts you. Yeah. <laughs> and trying to check you. Well, because she didn't know either. He never right. really told anyone. He, he kind of did. He and revealed what, that during the Moldovan trip to her, right? He said that, okay, they told me to do something. I didn't. So I had to leave the country. If we're to trust what he said. Right. The truth. Right, yeah. yeah. For all you know, that could all be made up. And then that's really bad because right. you're keeping her in the dark, basically. Right. So I yelped her and she's legit awesome. She's legit awesome. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. She has good ratings. So good for them. You know, they got a, they got one of the better ones, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm thinking too, like with as much as we've seen internet sleuthing happening, uh, especially with this show, like TLC had to come correct with that one. They're like, yo, we can't be bullshitting with this. People are going to Google. <laughs> right. <laughs> because, yeah. Cause they even got the doctor, the fucking, yeah. Like they're getting, yeah. They're getting the cream of the crop here. <laughs> right. Because remember, people actually checked on that supposed immigration lawyer that Angela uses. And he's sort of like kind of quackish, maybe, yeah. I want to say. <laughs> I, hey, I mean, I might be wrong here. Don't quote me. And if you're looking for an immigration lawyer in Hazelhurst, Georgia, 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> don't let me stop you from. Uh, I forgot his name, but he's Angela's go-to. So, but anyway, okay, dude. Aside <laughs> from one fake scene to another, Melanie, Brendan's friend. Mm. I don't know if that's her IRL, but. That's a pretty invasive uh, approach to meeting new people, don't you think? Like you sit down, meet someone new, and immediately question their motives and whether they're using your friend, in this case, Brandon, for a green card. And I thought if I was in Julia's shoes, I would be pissed as well. Like, why would you want to question my motive? And then you found out later on when she was talking to the cameras that, oh, Julia's a go-go girl. You never know. She's been partying with people. And I'm like, what's yeah. that got to do with their marriage? Like, and, we get and it. They're it... already married, too. Right. Like, these are usually the questions people ask. Good and well-intentioned, because they're like, oh, before you commit yourself into a lifelong commitment, we just want to make sure you know, that you're getting in it for the right reasons, quote unquote, mm-hmm. they're already married. So these are like useless questions. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. Oh, are you just using him for the thing? Like, these are like premarital type <laughs> questions. So for me, let me just say first that I do believe Julia could have acted better when you're in front of your, of your significant other's friends or people who are supposed to be close friends. I always think you need to be putting your best foot forward because mm-hmm. you want them to like you. Sure. So I think, I think Julia could have handled that situation better when they showed Julia. And, and I don't know if this is part of the script, you know, they're definitely trying to um, oversell how jealous Julia can be. Yeah. So like, so for, you know, and, and I thought that was a good scene because if that's what you're trying to do, mission accomplished, I think the way Julia had that freak out. Yeah. That was a definite overreaction. But I think if you were trying to sell us on that, Julia is, is, a, is a jealous person. I thought that was really good. I thought that was believable for her to be like, I don't give a fuck that you spent the night at his house. I don't care. You know what I mean? I'm his wife now. So that kind of overreaction was realistic, but circling back to what you said, those questions that Melanie was asking, those were like out of pocket. Like, come on, dude, you're going to yeah. ask your, your friend's wife that even I wouldn't be, be that way. Just as Julia should be trying to impress his friends. I would think that his friends would be also trying to be nice to his new wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it was just like, it was so out of turn weird. for this her to the- like, just meet Julia. And within the next five, 10 minutes, she's already questioning her motives and, yeah. you know, yeah. trying to suddenly be all concerned about Brandon's marriage. Like, like you said, Lon, they're already married. So that's kind of a little too late to yeah. be questioning the marriage. And then because of that, then it becomes rude. Right. Right. Who are you to like, question my marriage you're not even married so i i don't blame julia i agree with you that she shouldn't have stormed off but then again it's reality tv what's reality tv i am normal yeah (laughs) (laughs) just act normal i am normal (laughs) but lon like i feel this is so formulaic of tlc because remember when ziet first came to the u.s and Rebecca introduced him to her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend or fiance, I believe. And already they're being pretty confrontational. And it 
this is when I know that TLC has that script or you know like I said yeah. earlier like a placard right talking points like yeah. you gotta talk about yeah. this and I just don't know how many times they can repeat this because I feel and like it's the same shit all the time right if ever right. TLC was like oh you're gonna meet these people for lunch or you're meeting these people for dinner fucking it's a trap dude <laughs> Do <laughs> exactly not exactly no. I know it- this is a fucking setup <laughs> It's always like happening at a dinner or at lunch in a restaurant, like somewhere. I feel like at least let them get to know each other. And then maybe during the second meeting, then you can start stirring shit up. But no, TLC went for the jugular right away. Melanie came guns blazing. She sat down. She's ready to like, you know, stir the pot and start. I mean, I guess she probably was told to like play up the jealousy in Julia by saying, oh, yeah, remember that movie that we stayed up all oh, yeah. night watching? And I'm I like, think, really? I think she was prepped, but Julia's reaction to it was genuine. Really? I do. I, yeah. I, I seriously doubt it. But eh, I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess there is a possibility like, that. Yeah. I think they said push her buttons a bit. And you know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and that was the cue she was given. So she said, fuck it. Let's do it. And she yeah. did it. And I think when Julia freaked out, if it was acted, I, I wouldn't put it past them to, to script that part too. But that seemed pretty genuine. Like, yeah. you know, Melanie's, you know, I'd, I'd say attractive enough for mm-hmm. Julia to raise a brow and go, well, who's this? Is this a friend? Is this an ex-girlfriend? Who the fuck is this person? Yeah. Enough to make her just a bit insecure. I could see them kind of prompting Melanie to just to push her buttons and see where it goes, right? Yeah, too bad we didn't hear uh, Julia's catchphrase. You know, I go Russia. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone on Pillow Talk kind of identified with that phrase with Julia now because Julia kept saying, I go Russia. Yeah. I go Russia. Oh, yeah. She'd rather be anywhere than the farm. Yeah. And you can that. tell that TLC only paid M- Melanie because her boyfriend was just silent. <laughs> like Melanie did all the talking and you can tell too like, she was definitely prepped because she did her hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she knows she's going to be on TV. Like, if I know I'm going to be <laughs> yeah. on TV as a guest star, yeah. I would definitely prep my hair too. I wouldn't want to come in looking like a hobo. Yeah. Anyway. And again, these were very specific types of questions, very button pushing. If I were to meet a friend and the new wife, or excuse me, in my shoes, I guess the husband or whatever. I wouldn't be trying to bring up when we spent the night together alone right. in, in the farm. Come on, yeah. man. No. You know what I mean? So, I, yeah. So that was one of those things where it was like, yeah. Or it was like, even if it was innocent and it was true, you don't want to be putting those kinds of ideas. So I'm just like, come on. <laughs> Are we ready to move on to Kalani and Asuelu? So recap, when we last talked about them, we found out that they slept in separate bedrooms. He apparently sleeps in the game room and he does a smash and dash when he wants to get the cookie. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously Kalani's top concerns is that there's no romance. But then like, do you really want to role play with a man child? Yeah. You know what I mean, like remember when in the previous episode, sorry, listeners, we're covering two episodes here. In the, I think, was it the third or fourth, the third episode, I believe, she kind of suggested role-playing and he said, 
why don't you dress up as Wonder Woman and and the Hulk or something? And yeah. I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> why? Yeah. And then he and then it turned into like an argument, right? They went from role playing to like suddenly talking about pizza and brother, and suddenly he got mad. Yeah. And obviously, fast forward to the recent episode where Kalani's dad Lo found out that she intends to divorce him or rather the divorce is on the table right now and now he's doing damage control Um, I think we found out that he doesn't believe in divorce he thinks divorce is for people who gives up ouch I don't know Lon what do you think about (laughs) 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 what do you think about those golf skills anyway no what do you think about this entire entire all right for me, the main theme of Kalani and Asuelo and the part that really got to me was being trapped in this cultural idea that marriage is forever. Mm. And it was something I also, you know, was raised as being a Catholic that and marriage is important. It's a sacrament in our religion and that you don't get divorced. If anything, you get an, an annulment, meaning the church, you have to prove to the church that the marriage was not a predestined bonding that god had created you know what i mean and and that's the way you're supposed to go about it so i just think it's ridiculous don't get me wrong there's something to be said for people who stick it out and who say you know we're in it for the long haul and they can stick it out but i also think to force yourself to stay in a toxic relationship and an unhealthy relationship with someone that you're clearly not lifetime partners with but you're deciding to stay in it because of this cultural idea that once you get married, that that's it. I think that's ridiculous. So I feel bad for her that she's stuck between where modern society's ideas are and holding on to these cultural beliefs. And she's not getting any support from her family. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know much about the mom, but definitely not from her pops. Yeah. You know, and he said, and he's a patriarch. And he did say something like, do what you want, whatever. But he put the guilt trip on her, you know. He, he did. He said. Um, he, he did use the kids as a he, as a he bargaining cheap kids. Yeah. yeah, he used the kids. And then he said, divorce is for quitters. And I thought you were stronger than that. And I'm just like, that's not fair. I think it takes a lot of strength to leave something. I think when you love somebody. It takes a lot of strength to love someone and say, I would rather, because I love you, I would rather you be happier mm-hmm. with someone else and that I be happier with someone else than us to continue to, to fight. Parent. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, you yeah. Know, because, because we're parents, you know, because people will say stay together for the children. Yeah. But I think that's love. When you love someone that much and you don't want to hurt them anymore and you're like, look, you're happier with somebody else and I would be happier with somebody else and we can't keep harming each other. We can't keep hurting each other. I think that takes a lot of courage. I think that takes a lot of strength to walk away from that. I think it's far too comfortable and far too convenient to just accept it and stay around. I think, you know what I mean? And don't get me wrong. Like I said, there's something to be had because I think there's also strength in staying around. You know what I mean? There are people who just stick around because it's comfortable and it's not the best, but you know what? Fuck it. So there's two sides to that coin i think that was the sadder the big the bigger theme for me was this whole marriage is forever ideal it's not 
I guess, realistic, but that's not the word I'm looking for. I guess the more that I study, we've had this talk about polyamory and it's even come up, I think on the show, or we've talked about it in some way, shape or form on the podcast, that this idea that one person is supposed to be everything for us is just an unrealistic expectation and unfair expectation for anyone to be somebody's everything. Mm -hmm. So there's just so many ways to approach this, right? Yeah. And, and I just think that it's ridiculous that she is having to, I guess, justify having to leave when we've already seen it on camera, how incompatible they can be right? because of this cultural idea that no, once you're married, that's it. That's it. Like, yeah. I feel like, is it because she hasn't reached the breaking point and that's why she's staying or that's why her dad wants her to stay because I get it the dad strongly believes in the institution of family right that family Mm -hmm. should stay together and especially if you have kids two young kids but I wonder if he's asking her to do that because she hasn't expressed or hasn't really displayed a breaking point I think for me at least And I can't speak for the family, but for me, the breaking point is when she said divorce is on the table. Mm. That's the breaking point right there. Once you consider that, yeah, I mean, that's super serious, Mm. which comes to my WTF moment. I know it's a bit early, but like for Asuelu, she explicitly said that, told him that. And then for him to be at the golf course saying, well, this is news to me. Motherfucker, what are you talking about? She told you straight to your face. You know what I mean? And he was like, oh, you don't know about this. Yeah, you do. Like, (laughs) (laughs) fucking what the fuck, bro? Like, she told you that. Yeah. So, you know, and. uh, Yeah, he acted surprised. And I was. Yeah, he he acted surprised. And he cried. I'm like, Asuelu, dude, she told you this. Even the sister came and was like, you know, are you really considering buying a house together when, you know, a divorce is on the table? Like, they had this conversation. So for him to act like this was coming out of left field. Either he was, uh, I don't even know. I don't even know. The amount of lying to yourself, the amount of denial to be that clueless after everything that she's told him. <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. I know there might be Asuelu fans out there who's going to like crucify me for this, but maybe he's on the spectrum. You know what I mean? Like, we've just trying to. Just, a bit. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We, we speculated about this many times. Mm-hmm. And I keep going back there because I feel like either there's a disconnect in the scripting of their scenes, mm-hmm. right? Or there's a genuine disconnect between what he understands versus what he's being told. Right. Oh, he's just nailed it. Right. Yeah. Sucks at listening, maybe. I don't know. Right. But mm-hmm. I think we've explored this option before where he's probably on the spectrum and maybe no one wants to find out if he's really having a hard time understanding the reality of the world or the reality of his life, the whole concept of marriage and being a father, being a husband, because I feel like there's something that he's not getting. He's not quite getting it. Yeah. And, And I felt bad too for Kalani because, you know, getting back to what he's not getting she did say that she felt responsible and we're circling back to of why she's staying. And then she said something that like, she feels bad because he doesn't know any better. And she feels that it's her responsibility to nurture him and 
to do that. And I was like, but that's not, that's also his responsibility to kind of learn that and to become that. And to, uh, I don't know what to do anymore. I think Kalani has it right. And she's just kind of looking for anyone who has her back. And it's right now it's her sister that kind of gets her. I -hmm. think that kind of knows, but you're not going to get that from the rest of your family, much less the patriarch of the family. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Oh, well, on a happier note, we're going to end with Lon's favorite couple, Jovi and Yara. (laughs) They're a fun watch, right? (laughs) They are. I like their banters for sure. I just feel like for them, there's not much, at least in my point of view, not much to say except for, to them, it's a big reveal. But to me, it was anticlimactic, which is Jovi telling Yara that he had to leave early. And I was like, okay, that, that makes sense because he has to quarantine when he goes to another country. Mm. Um, and they're trying to oversell the whole like attachment parenting from Yara, like how Yara is so possessive with her baby, which... Again, nothing new there because there are a lot of new moms out there or even just moms in general, right? Who's very possessive of their newborn. So I wouldn't say that's not interesting, but I wouldn't say that's interesting either. For me, as much as I enjoy watching them bicker with each other, it's cute, but uh, really like not the most entertaining in my point of view. Like I've said this before in our previous podcast, like Angela is carrying this entire series on her <laughs> on her new titties now. So, <laughs> so it, I feel like, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lon. Maybe you have a lot more to say about No, no, era. no. So uh, I don't even have like a lot to say. I just think, I just think they're refreshing to watch. For me, they're a young couple. I like to see, you know, and maybe it's because my brother and his wife watching them become new parents and now they have three kids and kind of you know whenever we had family gatherings and I'd ask so you know how's motherhood treating you how's fatherhood treating you and kind of seeing their stories play out on tv with these other couples and to just kind of see the difficulty and the struggle of being a parent which are experiences I've not had myself but I've gotten to live through them vicariously from my brother and watching him raise his kids And yes, this is some real shit. And for anyone who's a new parent, a young parent at that, like going through this, you're probably watching these scenes going, holy shit, I get that. And I feel that on on that level to where you're like, can't we just, can't we just, you know, focus on us for a little bit? Mm -hmm. You know, no, we can't because we have this new life we have to take care of. All right, well, let's just enjoy my fucking like crab lunch over here that we're paying a lot for no she's crying around now we gotta fucking go and he's like are you serious you know check please and just going through those things right and like you said even the different parenting styles I see that too not trying to call out my brother and his wife but I can see where my brother is one way and then she's like well no and he's like no well it has to be like this do you want them to be like this the entire time and Again, it's not much to it, right? But seeing it play out on TV, I think is a lot more interesting than Andre's immigration issues or fucking whatever is going on with Ronald. And you know what I mean? It's just one of those things where I'd rather be watching more of them. They could take that segment and turn it into a 30-minute show every week 
I'd watch it. I mean, I wouldn't watch it on Discovery Plus, but I'd fucking watch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could see that happening where Jovi and Yara, whatever spinoff, you know, I'd tune in, I'd DVR that shit, and I'd, I'd watch the shit out of it. You so hear like, that, Shop Entertainment? <laughs> I think it would be good. And they've, they've done these with other couples before. Yeah. So, yeah, the only thing really that I took notes about was one, I thought it was funny when they were talking about their sex life. I like how candid they were about it. You know, and he's like, well, the last time we did it was before she gave birth and there was this big ball right there. Like it's not, wasn't the best sex. And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. But like the, one of the questions I wrote, and maybe you can answer this and maybe I learned it in sex ed and I just forgot. So they're not, I'm sure she has to heal, but how long then does it take before you can have sex after you give birth? So maybe I, I sound ignorant about that. I don't know. And I was just like, huh, they haven't had sex yet. I can understand his frustration there. Like, well, when am, when are we going to start getting intimate again? And she's like, you know, we can't. And I'm like, well, how long does, how yeah. long, then? what's the amount of time then? I cannot answer this uh, in the most intelligent way because I myself am not a mom yet. But did you catch that Ellie Wong special on Netflix? Before? I did. I, I, and she talks of. about how her, I mean, let's be adults here, how her vagina like really opened. And basically after you give birth, the natural way, especially, right? There's a lot of healing that needs to be done. Yeah. And again, everybody, like literal, literal body, I'm not saying like everyone, but everybody is probably different, like heals mm-hmm. in a different way or rate. So I, I would think that maybe for Yara, she's, she's young. She probably will heal quickly. But again, like maybe Jovi's expectation is like, well, it's been a week. Have you, have you healed yet? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? How old is that kid right now? How much time has passed? Well, I forget. You... They mentioned it in the previous episode. Like yeah, when the mom met... was there, it was like three days or something. Right. And you said, and I remember this because I'm still editing, but you said that... <laughs> The baby was four days old. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, definitely not. I would say not healed up yet. But again, I wouldn't put it past Yara to heal quickly because she's young. But again, like maybe she's not in the mood because women, you know, when we go through that kind of trauma on our body, we don't oh, feel yeah, sexy. Definitely need time. Yeah. So it's, it's not just about the physical part of it, but emotionally Emotional. and mentally, like she's probably not ready yet. And I'm surprised Jovi's really keen on getting back on the sex <laughs> train, I guess, because <laughs> a lot of men have told me that when they see their wives or their partners giving birth, like the natural way, they're like, uh-uh, we're never going to. It's not the same anymore. Yeah, it's never the same <laughs> anymore. Because they've, they've witnessed something come out of it. Yeah. Like a, you know, like a five-pound baby coming out of it. And they're like, how is that possible? So... Yeah, I'm surprised he's very keen about doing that, you know, and she just gave birth. So anyway, good for them, right? Because I think that means that they um, they still have the chemistry. He still wants to bone her. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so and, and maybe she's like, look, dude, slow down. I just had a baby. Can we yeah. take a break? <laughs> so anyway. Anything else that you want to say about Jovi and Yara? So when he was leaving, I just made one other note. I didn't consider quarantining. So I think you definitely have a point there. But I was thinking, this is why we need paid paternity leave. 
why is his employer saying, hey, you need to come back? No, dude. Yeah. I got to be a dad. Yeah. (laughs) What are you talking about? I got to be a dad. And if I need to quarantine, then you're going to have to pay me for quarantining because I need two weeks at least minimum of paternity fucking leave. Right. I need to spend time with my wife and my newborn. So that was one of the only things that that was a surprise to me. Wait, they're asking you to come to back, back? To work yeah. earlier. You know, is that by um, choice that you want to go back? Or are you, right. are you, you know, is that because your work says like, hey, you have no choice. You have two weeks of paternity right. leave and now you have to go back on the road. Yeah, that's weird, dude. Now, I mean, that's a good point. Thanks for bringing that up because I feel like in our, and Lon, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but in our previous job, where we work together, I believe they gave men at least two months. Right. And it was, I think it was new too. Yeah. I think it was was a new rule. Eternity leave, right. And people were like, hey, you know. Yeah, exactly. Mothers can be mothers, but fathers have to step up too. Right. Right. (laughs) It's one of those things. (laughs) I do have to say, and I'm not accusing Jovi's company of robbing him of paternity leave, but it could be a case where, Jovi decides to postpone his paternity leave to when, you know, maybe he can get like a full month or two or three mm. off when he combines all of them together, maybe during the Christmas right. season or something. And then he'll take like the full two, three months off and kind of combine that with his paternity leave. So I know some of my colleagues have done that before where they postpone it and kind of used it when it really counts, when right. it can really go far. Take so, advantage of it and yeah, stack it with some right. Other, yeah, right. I think one of my colleagues even took it during the Christmas season because then he could really extend that. So he like took it from November or something like that, and then he went all the way to New Year's, and then that makes more sense, I would say. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Jovi's gonna do what Jovi's gonna do. So. <laughs> Good point. So I was going to wrap this up with a WTF moment. And I know, Lon, you've already mentioned your WTF moment. Remind folks again, what was it? Yeah. So I don't quite buy Asuelu not knowing divorce was on the table and that this Mm. was a whole surprise to him and him Mm -hmm. saying, whoa, really? Why didn't she come talk to me about that? I call bullshit on that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, WTF to that. Yep. My WTF moment I would say it's a toss-up between Melanie coming into the conversation guns blazing with accusations being very right. invasive and in you know a boy Andre and his <laughs> admission of burying his past and regulating burying, it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a WTF moment. So yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lon, would you like to tell our listeners what you've been watching lately? So I started, what is it? Jupiter's Legacy. Mm -hmm. But you finished a movie? 
I finished. Yes, we finished Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead on Netflix. Did you watch that? I did. What do you think of it? <laughs> so I came into it not having high expectations. It was a uh, it was a seesaw. I saw Zack Snyder and I was like high expectations, and then I saw a review and it was like we give it a six, and I was like okay, well expectations. <laughs> I didn't read the review because I don't want the spoilers, and I didn't want the review to kind of taint my idea of the movie going in. But I watched it, and I actually had had a good time. I could see where there were parts where I'm like. Okay, maybe it was already a long movie. It was already what two hours and twenty minutes, something ridiculous. Sorry, it had a very long running time. Yes, and I could to me, I could kind of see where I was like, well, maybe this was actually a four-hour movie, and then he cut Mm. it to two hours and twenty minutes, and even that felt long. But overall, I think I had a good time. I don't think the comedy worked for me, at least in ways where I thought it was supposed to be funny. I could see where it was supposed to be funny, but it it was okay funny. I could see the moments of comic relief where the safe cracker or whatever mm-hmm. I was supposed to break open. The, the German safe. guy. The German yeah. guy. There were moments yeah. where, okay, yeah, he was funny and he was there to break the tension, but was I slapping my knee and going, this fucking guy is hilarious. No, I wasn't. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I could kind of see that or like he was trying mm-hmm. to insert those moments, kind of similar to the Snyder cut. Not what am I talking about? Not the Avengers. Um, the Justice League. Justice League, where those moments, the subtle moments of comedy, worked. You know mm, what I mean? Justice mm-hmm. League was done a little better, where you know yeah. it wasn't in your face comedy, but the Flash would have a moment of where he's just fucking childlike, right? And it was, and it worked, right? In the sea of adults, he says something that's just like you're a fucking kid, right? <laughs> so like, I could see where that kind of writing style worked but in this movie it just didn't work as good for me and there were some things too that with zombies where they can't talk you have to infer a lot of things right so i could kind of see where they were going out with the whole okay they had zombie sex <laughs> and he was putting his ear up to her belly and y- y'all sorry if there's anyone listening right now who d- has not seen this please shut off the podcast or skip (laughs) (laughs) you don't want any spoilers where he's listening in and you kind of infer that he's impregnated her and i didn't make that connection until we kind of talked about it later on me and my brother and the rest of us watching this movie were like why do they have female hostages and why have they not converted them or bitten them Mm -hmm. what are they doing here you know and what makes them so important? And, you know, obviously that woman risked her life to try to save them. And then in the end, it was futile because no one makes it out. <laughs> so we're just like, well, that was fucking useless. Like, why was that even there? Your insight was that, well, I guess he was experimenting with procreation and maybe they were future queens, right? But I think I had a, a fun enough time to recommend it. Definitely, I would say watch it. If I were to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, I give it a thumbs up. My brother also made this observation. Batista is a much better actor than The Rock. If we're to compare wrestling people, right? Mm, mm. The Rock, you can watch any movie The Rock is in and he's The Rock. Yes. Make no doubt yes. about it. 
he's Got one dimensional. Yes, one dimensional. He's always him. You don't even know that it's the character because he's the same guy that he is in the cage uh, as he is in the fucking movie. But with Batista, he has a range. He actually has yes. a range of emotions that he can display. He can actually play his part in Guardians and in this one. And you can tell they're very separate, very different characters. So I thought his acting especially was top notch because we tend to pigeonhole people like him, John Cena, The Rock, or these other wrestler slash actors. We kind of just dismiss them. But I think with this film, he's really showed his range as an actor. So there's a lot to like with this movie. Is it the best movie I've ever seen? No, but I definitely think it's worth a watch. What do you think, Nadia? Well, and I'm actually surprised you give it a big thumbs up because, <laughs> you know, we both connected on The Walking Dead. Mm. And we thought that was a really good zombie genre. And for me, as far as zombie genre goes, this is one of the worst I, and hear me out guys before you you know you shut off that podcast or before you tune in unfollow unfo- <laughs> before you unfollow give us a one star or you know start listening to joe rogan we should probably are already so the reason why i said that is because first of all i think zach schneider should just stick to directing writing wasn't did you write this i didn't know that he wrote this i believe it was oh. written and directed i think that's not his forte so zach sorry Love you, buddy, but you stick to directing, please. I just think that the concept behind it seems kind of brilliant, right? Because this is a bunch of zombies who are, they have categories for them, like the shamblers. And then there's like the military guy who became a zombie. He's like the alpha. Like I told you, my theory was that he was trying to procreate. And that's why he kept those women alive. And yeah, you to zombie sex. I don't know how they did it. Yeah. But there were so many basic things that they didn't get right with the mm. zombie genre, right? Mm. Mm. And, or the movie in general. For example, how is it that they dropped this nuclear bomb, right? And the forgot his character's name. I'm trying to look up the IMDB here and see what he's... He, the guy Vander, survived it. Yeah, Vanderohi Van or something. He survived it without... His skin no being all peeled out and, again, right? This comes right. Uh, we we and, so right, and he was bitten. Sorry, spoilers alert. He was bitten, and yet he didn't turn. So either he got out immediately after the bomb was dropped, which is again like I I can I cannot fathom that. Like do like make it make sense, right? I didn't like how there were a lot of holes here. I didn't like the tropes. Uh, tropes. The right? only trope I really like, and I think this was a really great replacement. I'm not sure if you heard the backstory, but take Notaro, whom I think is 10 times better than Ellen DeGeneres. Sorry, Ellen fans. She was genuinely funny. Like the way she delivered her lines, I loved her character. Like mm. she was genuinely funny. The helicopter pilot? Yeah. Yes. So Tick was the saving grace. Uh, the German guy, okay, I can give it to him. You know, he's kind of flat, but. He had that redeeming scene where he rescued Vanderohi's character. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it was, we found out later it was in vain. So I don't like the tropes, especially, and I'm I'm looking through the reviews on IMDb here, especially the daughter, because if you think about it, this whole rescue mission or this whole heist, 
it didn't make sense because the moment the daughter decide to run off and rescue those women and she single-handedly caused the mission to fail like it just makes us hate the movie mm. like we get it there are no happy endings in zombie genre we get it in zombie movies as it's usually like one person survives and mm. that's it right but the fact that the character development was so bad mm. like she hated her dad because her dad wasn't there when he killed the mom and everything like the character development wasn't quite there for us to convince for us to really empathize with her to really feel for her mm-hmm. i at least to me it felt like the connection wasn't there and the fact that she caused this entire mission to fail i kind of hate her for that and right. I, and because of that i kind of hate the movie in a sense you know <laughs> you kind of hate them kind i kind of hate the movie <laughs> i wanted to like it yeah. because i think a lot of people also commented that the trailer was so much better like it mm-hmm. promised a really good movie but then when you watch the movie a it was two and a half hours was way too long and B because of all the tropes that I just didn't like how it played out the plot points were really weak like I said take Notaro's character the the pilot was like the saving grace for me I like that there were some betrayals there's no plot twist I feel except for the last part where he emerged and suddenly he's like we thought he was all okay and then suddenly he got the bite this whole movie doesn't make sense because how is it that Bautista's character Scott but the fact that this billionaire wants him to steal 20 million right tanaka's the right. the guy who plays tanaka says there's something that you know i need you to do and is to steal 20 million dollars and knowing that he's a multimillionaire or a multibillionaire like what's 20 mil to him right well it was it was 200 or 250 but his cut would be 20 right right okay right, so right, 250 right. million in total like yeah, yeah, but yeah. this is a billionaire you later found out that he actually just wanted a hit of he the just zombie. wanted right right which is like why can you just <laughs> that's so easy to trap i feel it's like they came up with this elaborate plan when everything can be executed in like five minutes yeah so i don't know there's a lot of holes i as much as i want to like another Zack snyder movie which i did in the beginning when he did the montage that was cool I, That was a yeah, yeah, that was a Watchmen cool. mo- moment for me. Right? Yeah, Remember yeah, when yeah, you guys watch cool. uh, Watchmen the movie? <laughs> they explain the backstory, but in a montage, and I thought that was perfect. That's so Zack Snyder. But then, like as the movie unfolds, I was like, "Oh God, please let this end!" And it never ended till two and a half hours yeah. later. One of the things that I think would have been better is when he said, "Sorry about your mom," and she's like. That's not why I'm, I'm mad at you, though. It would have been better if that was why she was mad at him. Right. Because, because then the decision she has to make at the end has more weight. Because now the tables are really reversed. Now you have to do the thing that you were angry and that you blamed him for. Now you have to do it. And you didn't understand it. But the fact that she wasn't even mad about that kind of takes away that event coming full circle yeah the gravity you know what I mean? yeah yep. the gravity of it yeah it, it's sad it's still sad yeah but the hatred that we thought she had for her dad for killing her mom if that was the real thing Vocal behind, point yep mm-hmm. right then the decision for what she had to do at the end would have been like holy shit like i get it yeah like, we're totally I totally hold more is, weight yeah the weight of that so decision. significant you yeah. know 
<laughs> like the tables have turned, right? The like, tables have turned, and now yeah. you have to do that, right? And, and now you get it because yeah. you're there. But I'm sure, just like me, you probably didn't feel that because she was like, "Oh, it's not because you killed mom; it's because you were not there for me afterwards." Like, <laughs> Dude, yeah. don't you think like your dad would be feeling a lot more grief just like you? I mean, that's his wife, and he had to kill her to protect you. Yeah, right. And I thought, oh god, this is a bad character built. You know, <laughs> I cannot get behind that. Yeah. But anyway, so out of ten, out of ten for me, this is a five or five. four. Yeah, sorry four. guys. It was pretty depressing at the end because I'm like, oh god, like is this the ending? They didn't get out. Like only one person got out. When you really scale back and you kind of see, okay, so this billionaire asked this bunch of people to get money. You don't question that. That's so weird. You know? I rationalized that. I rationalized it with. He's flipping burgers, and if somebody says, "Hey, you can get twenty million of this cut," mm. that's how I rationalized it. Because mm-hmm. I, I had the same questions too, but then I was like, "Yeah, but when you're flipping burgers, and you don't want to do that anymore, you know what I mean?" And he has the military experience to pull this off, and yeah. the guy promises mm-hmm. it'll be a piece of cake and it'll set him up for the rest of his life. I'm like, "All right." To me, that was enough. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> It was just enough, barely, but just enough for me to go, okay, I get it. (laughs) I also feel like there are too many cooks in the kitchen in that crew. The six-person crew? Yeah, it's, I don't know why. Like, yeah, there's the love interest. There's the funny guy. All right. There's the, I guess, the token black character. Token black character, yeah. Yeah. The sacrifice. Yeah, the sacrifice. sacrifice. Yeah. And then the traitor, right? The kick-ass woman who sees through it all. And (laughs) I just feel like there's so many of them. And I feel maybe had they decreased that number in the crew, like maybe they could have built the character even more because then it would feel like they really went through it together. And and losing one of them would be like really quite a hit, right? It would cause quite an impact. But it just feels like, uh, yeah, for example, that, on tiktok he kills zombie for fun like he brought his girl along and she was the first to die and i thought her exit was pretty badass right like she yeah. fought hard but like they didn't even when you her. thought she was dead she yeah bust through the wall she and busted, you're like oh <laughs> she busted through the window yeah. and continued killing all the zombies and you're like okay well are the, is the friends gonna help and then yeah. i just feel like there's just so many characters like they could do without one or two but yeah. i don't know that's why Zach stick to directing let someone else write that shit let Christopher Nolan write that shit for you or some other Walking Dead writer write it for you because at least they'll get some of those basics of the zombie apocalypse right (laughs) yeah I get it yeah what is your ratings then? Nah, I, I, uh, I think I give it a six I usually agree with IGN they're one of the first sites I go to for reviews and I, I tend to to lean towards their opinion. And I was like, ah, six is about right. So if five is average, it was above average, but not by a lot. So I, I think six is fair. I could see four too being fair though. So yeah, it's too many plot holes. They're all here on IMDb. <laughs> People uh, picked it apart already, huh? Yeah. 
Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, you can show your support by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90dayfiancewtf. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Yo, shout out to all our Twitter and Instagram followers. We keep getting new followers. And uh, thank you guys for following our socials. Yeah, we hope to be engaging with you more often. And uh, speaking of socials, Lon, where can we find you? (laughs) You can find me on Facebook Gaming at Italics uh, Plays. That's I-I-T-A-L-I-X-P-L-A-Y-S. Or on Instagram at at I-I-T-A-L-I-X. You can also uh, catch my um, uh, Instagram at Lon Like Lon. That's L-A-N underscore like underscore L-A-W-N. Um, or feel free to hit me up on our 90 day fiance WTF socials. Ooh, what are you playing right now, Lon, on your stream? Oh, right now we are playing Biomutant and Ooh. Mass Effect 2. Damn, dude. A lot of new games. Yeah, we're, um, we just finished Resident Evil Village 2. That was fun. Damn. Zombie theme month right here. <laughs> All right, y'all. That's all for this week. And thank you for sticking around. And until next time. Happy Memorial Day weekend, y'all. Yeah, happy Memorial Day. Bye.